Hello everybody, Angelisa here and welcoming you to our living room and uh, hope you're having a good day. Let's start it off with some music. This is called Six Feet of Distance. <laughs> and that's Gary. But Hi. <laughs> I'm walking around in a ghost town Keeping my six feet of distance between me and you You're walking too I look past the shops to the mountains And the treetops like arrows pointing to the sky's shining that's the only way I'm gonna beat these blues I'm living in a valley I'm living in a bubble I'm living in my head I was thinking I was gonna cry today Tucked away in my hideaway But, but I, I took, took a walk instead this is what I see I see sadness behind your eyes And kindness, I'm not surprised I think you're just like me I'm walking around in a ghost town Keeping my six feet of distance between me and you You're walking too We're living in a valley We're living in a bubble We're living in our heads The world feels like it's burning now but maybe it'll finally teach us how we really want to live. We're living in a valley. We're living in a bubble. We're living in our heads. We're living in chaotic times. Everyone can see the signs We gotta learn to live inside our hearts instead We're living in chaotic times Everyone can see the signs We're gonna learn to live inside our hearts instead I'm walking around in a ghost town Keeping my six feet of distance between me and you You're walking to
I'm so glad there's still light out. There are wildflowers growing on the sides of these volcanic hills. The dust grabs the colors from the cardboard cutout mountains. The glowing zigzag canyons catch the sun. We drive a mile a minute through the countryside. We fly a thousand miles across the sky. The journey's even better when we're headed home, you and I. The half moon is a bowl of light Stranded in the fog bank Reflecting the rusty city glow there's still color in the western sky Where the planets are emerging In the plane of the ecliptic In a line The red tail lights show us the way The white headlights on the other side Are headed back where we were yesterday To the loved ones we left behind Miles ago this morning The glow of our affection still alive And the loved ones who are waiting now In the lights beyond the mountains And the constant reunion of our lives We drive a mile a minute through the countryside We fly a thousand miles across the sky The journey's even better when we're headed home You and I I'm so glad there's still light out There are wildflowers growing On the sides of these volcanic hills Reflecting on the beauty And the sights along the way The driving is behind us now It's always such a pleasure to be home. Thank you. This one's called Dance Like Children. <laughs> you 
you're in a transformation and you're working just a little hard send your ego on vacation cause it's earned a little hard and your body do the thinking let your heart lay down the beat let your feet know more than you do while you're dancing down the street while you're dancing down the street go on and be a soul gypsy wander the world and see what you can see when you make the journey from the head into the heart Every little moment is a brand new start I am spirit, you are spirit Dance the spirit, dance, dance like children I am spirit, you are spirit Dance the spirit, dance, dance like children Dance like children yoga of connection communication is the real art you can see your own reflection in the mirror of another's heart ah you know what i mean Feel the motion in the up and out. Feel the stillness of the in and down. Hear the rhythm of the cosmos. Feel the spirit in the ground. Feel the spirit in the ground. Go on and be a soul gypsy. Wander the world and be what you can be. When you make the journey from the head into the heart, every little moment is a brand new start. I am spirit, you are spirit. Dance the spirit, dance, dance like children. I am spirit, you are spirit. Dance the spirit, dance, dance like children. Dance like children. I am spirit, you are spirit. Dance the spirit, dance, dance like children. I am spirit, you are spirit. Dance the spirit, dance, dance like children. Dance like children. Good morning, everybody. Good morning from wherever this moment finds you. In 1838, on July 15th, Ralph Waldo Emerson began one of his most famous sermons with this line. In this refulgent summer, it has been a luxury to draw the breath of life. And so it is for us 
And so it is for us too, as poet Maya Angelou said once, this is a beautiful day. I've never seen this one before. So in the spirit of refulgent summer and days we give thanks for, beautiful that we've never seen before, we gather for worship. It's wonderful to have you with us, all of you. And all of the people here who are making worship possible this morning, Daniel Jackaway, my worship associate and partner in leading worship, our musicians, the Harmony people who you just heard, Angelisa Aiken and Gary Garrett, but also Bill Gans and Asher Davison, who are going to be bringing us song here from the sanctuary, Mark Sumner for, for coordinating and cultivating all of the music for today. I also want to thank some folks who are working behind the scenes to bring worship to you. Theta Burke is training on camera under the guidance of Don Shearer. Eric Shackelford, as always, coming to you from behind the camera. And this morning, we are particularly grateful to have Lyle Barrier here from Desired Effect. He is our sub while Jonathan Silk is on vacation. And we're so grateful to all of them. Joe Chapeau is monitoring the chat, so if you need any assistance or just want to say hi, he's there waiting for you. Thomas Brown is here making sure the building is open and running and safe. And Amy Kelly brought the beauty of nature inside the sanctuary. We want to welcome all of you. Please download the order of service so that you can follow along. If you're here for the first time, please ask any questions you need of Joe on the chat so you can be connected to the service this morning. Today, a service when we are reveling in summer and where this season might invite our hearts and minds and spirits to go. I thought we would open with a body meditation that we sometimes do just to get us all connected to our embodied selves. And so for those of you who are new to this, I'll give a little instruction. It's pretty simple. You can do it seated or standing, whatever feels right. And in all of this, do whatever feels right for your body. What we will do, I'll walk us through once slowly and then twice through more silently. We'll start with a centered position with our hands at our chest. And we'll invite our hands to reach upwards towards the sky and the infinite universe and open our arms. And in this gesture with a sense of openness to the grandeur and gifts of this day and hold our arms open for a moment, feeling the heavy abundance of what this day offers up. We'll turn our hands and sweep them down to the life at our feet, gathering up whatever gifts and opportunities we have for us this day and press them into us. And then we will open our arms in a gesture, offering ourselves to the world as we are this day. And then come back to a centered position. So again, arms rising upward towards sky and universe, open to the amazing gift and blessings of this day, abundant 
sweeping our hands through what is in our life this day and gathering up blessings and opportunities, pressing them into us, offering ourselves to the world and the day as we are. Back to center, let's do it one last time in shared silence. And so we light our candle as we have every week since the pandemic began for us, bringing all of you in spirit into this place until we can be gathered here again in body. Welcome to worship. Let's sing together our first hymn of the morning. The words and the music are in your order of service if you've managed to download it. It's number 66 if you have a hymnal at home, When the Summer Sun is Shining. Let's sing together. When the summer sun is shining join in our unison chalice lighting 
the words are in the order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. Hello, I am Daniel Jackaway, and I am the worship associate today. If this is your first time watching, thanks for joining us. You can follow along in the order of service, which is available in the description of this video and is emailed to everyone who receives our newsletter, which you can get by signing up through a link to our connection form that is in the order of service and video description. The order of service also lists upcoming events and links to opportunities to connect, including our Zoom coffee hour, which takes place after the service and where all are welcome. Please join in anything that interests you. I want to call your attention especially to a few announcements. This coming Saturday will be the Young Adult Saturday Social at 5 p.m. The BIPOC uh, group meets on the first Sundays, which is this coming Sunday at 9.30 for our people of color um, members of the congregation and, and friends. Um, the Journey Towards Wholeness Task Force We'll meet on Tuesday, as well as about a month after that in August. And that's all. <laughs> um, the offering today will be for the UUA Disaster Relief Fund, and we will earmark it for wildfire relief. Please use the online platform, and please mark your gift as a special offering. Thank you. Now, let's center ourselves in worship by singing our meditation on breathing. The words are in your order of service. You can listen to our song leader if this is the first time singing it, and then join in as we sing it through a few times together. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe. 
community, we are bound together not by a shared creed, but the promises that we make to each other. Those promises we call by the word covenant. And some of them, some of them are present in the covenant words we say every Sunday. So let's say those words together. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to speak the truth and seek it in freedom and to help one another. Join me in our doxology. Recognizing that there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes, we ring our gong today in honor of two such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first, as we have since July of 2019, for those lives held and those lives lost in federal custody in our detention camps. For the mounting trauma to children separated from their families, for all people held without charges in less than transparent or humane circumstances. In this repeat of some of the most shameful chapters in our nations and our worlds, history of xenophobia, racism, and greed. We ring the gong seven times for this week of days in which human dignity has been dismissed and our responsibility that as citizens this country ring, of this country rings clear. We ring our gong additionally once in acknowledgement of the ongoing losses to COVID-19. This last week, 56,781 people 
died of COVID-19 globally. 1,899 of them died in the United States. We hold in our hearts all of these losses nearly incomprehensible in scale. Each one of that number, a person who loved and was loved. We hold in our hearts those nations where medical care is taxed to the brink of its abilities and with devastating consequences. And all who await the global distribution of vaccines that, to be fair, will require a significant commitment by the wealthy nations of the world, ourselves among them. So much to remember and hold. May we keep those we have named and their loved ones in our thoughts and in our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week, howsoever we can. I invite us now into a time of spaciousness and quiet. To begin, I invite you to put your feet firmly on the ground or gather your body otherwise in a way that feels restful and centered for you. You can close your eyes or cast them down. I invite you to pay attention as we did in our breathing meditation to the breath in and out. Breath in and out as breath anchors us in this moment. And let's Share first some quiet and equanimity together, holding silence wherever we are and together.
join me, if you will, in a moment of reflection and remembering summer musings. Picture yourself on a swing on a porch or maybe sitting on a city stoop or would it be lying down in the grass in the park on a blanket watching the clouds meander by? Picture yourself bored or at your summer job or maybe those two went together at a relative's house or by yourself when everyone went to work and left you to make do. Maybe you have memories of sitting at a table doing some camp craft or playing stickball in the street. Do you remember pavements that radiated heat or was it more the lawns that were lush and that smell of freshly cut grass or the earthiness after a warm summer rain that permeated in the air? Remember the pool? Maybe the community pool or the one in a friend's backyard, teeming with kids, splashing, laughing. Don't think about the quality of the water or let yourself wonder why no one ever seemed to get out to go to the bathroom. Think of those days, someone cutting open a watermelon and handing out slices seeing how far you could spit a seed from your rolled up tongue or spring it from between your thumb and forefinger. Days being bored, being hot, lost in your thoughts, wandering as they do. Days lost in a book you never would have thought you would have been so bored as to read, but maybe liked in the end. And how that boredom and those lazy summer days when you had them opened up all kinds of windows and doors inside. Not just to the world beyond your house or apartment. To new things and creative imaginings. Days of sandals and shorts. Days of sunburned shoulders and popsicles. God of summer, goddess of this season of long days and short nights. Mythical time of Persephone's return home in a world fully alive in her footsteps. Bless our memories. And the ones we make now. Amen. Thank you.
Indigo ocean, turquoise bay, colors of perfection on a sunny blue day. Hey, 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 we're living in a dream. We're living in a dream. Waterfall, mountain stream, jump into the water, cool and clean. Hey, 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 we're living in a dream. 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 We're living the colors are even more beautiful in the day's clear light. There must be a thousand shades of green. It's all more vivid when we're sharing the dream. We're living in a dream. Ah, we're living in a dream. Ah, we're living in a dream. Ah, we're living in a dream. Thing the naked eye can see. The nearest star lights up our day from 93 million miles away. Hey, 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 we're living in a dream. We're living in a dream. I used to live my life asleep at the wheel, thinking the things that happened to me were oh so real. I opened my eyes, it was plain to see No longer a passenger in my life, the driver is me Hey, 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 hey We're living in a dream 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 we are the dreamers, the dreaming the dream. Everything in life is so much simpler than it seemed. Humble and human, humble and human, we rise from the dirt. The children of the children of the children of the earth. Living in a dream, ah, we're living in a dream, ah, we're living in a dream, ah, we're living in a dream, ah, 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 Living in a 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 living in a
living a dream. Ah, we're living in a dream. Ah, we're living in a dream. Ah, we're living in a dream. day I received my first vaccine shot, a beautiful April afternoon, I was euphoric, feeling an unfamiliar degree of optimism and relaxation. As every adult I knew was vaccinated in the subsequent weeks, the timing felt perfect, and I was dreaming of a carefree summer of traveling to the East Coast, crossing international borders, eating in restaurants every night, seeing theater, going to indoor parties, and making up for the lost time of this past year. But despite the optimism that the vaccine rollout and falling COVID cases in May fostered, the cracks in my pandemic over feeling we're always in plain sight. Literally, you can't go out in public long without seeing a child wearing a mask and being reminded of the roughly 50 million children below the age of 12 who cannot yet be vaccinated. To say nothing of others who can't count on a vaccine to be effective for them. And then, when I actually thought about planning a trip abroad, the reality of traveling almost back in time to nations that were still grappling with the throes of a pandemic with much less vaccine availability than America had didn't seem like the best idea. Still, a great American summer seemed like a good consolation. I started with a few good weeks enjoying the world in San Francisco. Enter the Delta variant. I'm not personally all that worried about the Delta variant of COVID-19. As a healthy, vaccinated young adult, my odds of being hospitalized are near zero. Still, it has led me to pull back on my excitement for a back-to-normal life. We don't know about the long-term effects, even from more mild infections, and I do not want to spread COVID-19 to a child or someone who is immunocompromised or unvaccinated. 
So I'm still not eating inside of restaurants. I've taken a couple of trips, but I still haven't left California, and I haven't yet made firm plans to do it amidst all the uncertainty. At the beginning of the summer, especially among my young adult with no children peers, it seemed like we would all be on the same page again and enjoying a 2019-style summer of carefree socializing and travel. Science beat the pandemic. Let's have fun. Instead, summer is feeling a little more like last summer, if significantly a less scary sequel. Do you remember last June, July? It was a very confusing time. The time when people's responses to the pandemic really started to diverge in all directions. Some embraced the emerging evidence that almost no COVID-19 transmission was happening outdoors and that masks were very effective when everyone in a space wore them. These folks flocked to parks, backyards, and outdoor restaurants to get back to the socializing that they sorely missed. Some even masked up for plane flights and road trips. Meanwhile, others stuck with the extreme caution that had defined spring of 2020, having little to no in-person interaction beyond their household, even outdoors. To be clear, summer 2021 is way better than last year in America. We can be much, much less worried about our vaccinated elders dying of COVID-19. Those of us who have been vaccinated can also be much less worried about our own health and somewhat less worried about passing the virus on to others. I am seeing a few friends indoors, but not all of my friends all the time. And outdoors, I am living pretty freely and without fear. That feels a lot better than last year. But unfortunately, America, and especially the world, is not out of the woods yet. And we are all navigating the current circumstances, areas of unknown, and future possibilities in our own way. Some of my friends are flying to France and eating indoors, and others won't enter a store for 30 seconds without an N95 mask, despite being vaccinated. We've come a long way, but I am shifting my hope to next year and praying that summer 2022 can be a simple, carefree, jet-setting summer like I used to love. And now the offering for the works and ministries that seek to relieve those suffering from the wildfire disasters. That offering will be given and received. Please, 
identify your offering as a special gift this morning for that effort. And thank you in advance for your online giving. Our offering will be given and gratefully received. This next one is called The Cove. There's a place by the ocean Caught between the cliffs and the tide A narrow sandy slice of the garden with the rocks on either side. Come and meet me by the water. I'll see you at the edge of the sea. Neptune's son and Aphrodite's daughter for one day we shall be free. You won't need your suit of armor. You may leave it on the sand. Feel the sun upon your body and the breeze upon your skin. Come and meet me by the waters. We'll gather at the edge of the sea. Neptune's sons and Aphrodite's daughters For one day we shall be free Come and meet me by the waters We'll gather at the edge of the sea, Neptune's sons and Aphrodite's daughters, for one day we shall be free, one day we David White, the poet, said, poetry is the language against which we have no defenses. I think it's why we like to use poetry in religious services, because it helps us to do what we're always trying to in these places and gatherings, to point beyond the literal to feelings or moments of knowing or the depth 
in time that we sometimes can find ourselves anchored in, in an ordinary beat of time. Today's reading is a poem by Louise Gluck, who was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature in 2020, but she had previously won the Pulitzer Prize in 1993 for the collection, The Wild Iris, that we will read a poem from today. The poem we're reading, Presque Isle, is a poem that speaks of a summer memory. And it paints this still life of a moment at the sea. The poem has both this timeless quality of a summer memory, of family, of beach, of holiday, and it has these strains of melancholy too. Memory, it seems, often has a little melancholy to it, woven in. And I think it also helps to know that Gluck wrote this collection in the year that her marriage was ending. So there is that too. Here's the poem. In every life, there is a moment or two. In every life, a room somewhere, by the sea or in the mountains, on a, the table, a dish of apricots pits in a white ashtray. Like all images, these were the conditions of a pact. On your cheek, tremor of sunlight, my fingers pressing your lips. The walls, blue-white, paint from the low bureau, flaking a little. The room must still exist on the fourth floor with the balcony overlooking the ocean, a square white room, the top sheet pulled back over the edge of the bed. It hasn't dissolved back into nothing into reality. Through the open window, sea air, smelling of iodine. Early morning, a man calling a small boy back from the water. That small boy, he would be 20 now. Around your face, rushes of damp air stroked with auburn. Muslin, flickers of silver, heavy jar with white peonies. Thanks, Vanessa, for suggesting that this song gets sung today. And we said, yes, love it. Summertime And the living is easy Fish are jumping And the cotton is high your daddy's rich 
your mama's good looking. So hush, little baby, don't you cry. One of these mornings You're gonna rise up singing You're gonna spread your wings And you'll take to the sky Till that morning There is nothing can harm you With mama and daddy Standing by Angelisa and Gary. Years ago, 
a parishioner in the church I served in New Jersey, preached a sermon at this time of the year. It was perfect for it. I couldn't find it, or I think I might have just read it to you this morning. It was lovely, as I recall. But I do remember where Helen began the sermon, with some wandering and wondering about two words and what they had to teach us about life in this season. So I'll begin there too. Ask someone what they associate with the word summer and what's the first thing that comes to mind? Heat. <laughs> Daniel? Vacation? Bill? Asher? What? Swimming pool. <laughs> what was that? Laziness. <laughs> yeah, I think those all fit. And I imagine vacation, or the other word I'm thinking of this morning, holiday, would definitely hit among the top ten. From kindergarten onward, most of us were raised on the lived reality of life according to the academic calendar, and the rhythms stick hard, I think. This internalized sense that we got that a year, more fundamentally actually, begins not in January, but in late August or early September, and ends not in December, but somewhere in late May or June. And the time in between that ending and beginning becomes this kind of liminal space for us between years. And we have these two words for it. Of course, I think we were all told that the original reason for the schedule of life that we inherit, at least in part, maybe large part, is the result of the agrarian society that we grew up from after colonialism and the need for labor to return home. That was definitely true for my paternal grandfather and his siblings growing up in West Virginia who might even have been pulled out of school a little early each year if their family farm required that. Summer, after all, it was the time, it is the time for making hay when the sun shines, right? These were the long days when you literally had to store your food for the equally long nights of winter. Even I remember my grandmother and my summers in Hobbs, New Mexico with her, canning peaches some weeks. It would be over 100 degrees outside and 100 degrees inside with pots boiling, the air conditioning blasting on high as we peeled and cut the peaches by the bushel and poured and sealed them in those mason jars, as Marie had learned to in childhood. And for that matter, in Hobbes, we also had days of cutting the alfalfa in some of the fields and waiting till it dried and other days baling it and bringing it into the barn. Every creature needed what summer could store away. So I imagine began this liminal space, which often was very busy time, <laughs> but now isn't quite so much for most of us in this season of summer. Increasingly, most of us associate this time with at least some point or other vacation or holiday, right? 
And what Helen pointed out in her sermon long ago is that these were two very different things, at least in the etymology of the words. And that there were some clues or challenges relevant to the season in these words when you dug into them. So let's do that. Vacation, it turns out, has its root in a Latin word, vacare. That means simply to be unoccupied. It's the same root as the word vacate, as you can imagine, a word that means to leave empty, right? It's a perfect word for part of what we all do in the summer. We, if we're lucky, schedule time to run away, to vacate the office, to vacate the desk, to vacate life as we know it and its routines and some of its responsibilities, to leave all those places unoccupied, ineffective, to make ineffective being another root meaning of the word vacate. And there is this tremendous liberation in running away in a scheduled, sanctioned, they'll still hold your job for you kind of a way. It's good to remember, isn't it, that those places we are running away from will still stand while we're gone? Or even more important, somehow it writes our twisted mindset to remember that the world actually will still turn on its axis and life will go on if those places cease even for some reason to be effective while we are gone. There is a freedom and a perspective in this vacating. It allows us to breathe, but also to remember the role, the place we have in this world. Not a leading role, not as much as we might like to think or, well, anyway. But also when we choose to vacate, we are also preparing ourselves ultimately, generally, to choose to step back in. And it's a balm and empowering to remember our life choices are just that, that as constrained as we might feel at some time, that we actually are always choosing to step back into them. And vacation, that simple act of running away, it's a powerful tool then for some piece of the good life and writing ourselves in some fundamental ways. But then there is this other word for these times, holiday. If vacation at its root is a running away in some ways from things, holiday is more like a running toward. The root of this word is Old English, and it's translated holy days. A whole other can of peaches, you might say. We get what that phrase, holiday, holy day, means, of course, when we think about holidays like Christmas or Samhain or Eid, right? But how in the world does that word legitimately apply to the way we've been using it so much to apply to a whole season or just even that part of it we take off and go away for to relax and have fun? 
Does it apply? Should it? Well, I think it does. And more so, I think it should. It might be useful to help us frame this time a little differently. I mean, think about it for a minute. One of the most distinctive characteristics of holy days is how often they are centered in rituals, right? I'm sure a few come immediately to mind for you. The, the offerings you make at certain holidays, the slaughter of the lamb, or the evening service of candles and carols and the children's pageant at Christmas, or the honoring of the four directions to begin a ritual gathering. Now, I have family who actually are not super big on rituals, but even we had summer rituals, if I think about it. Not just where we tended to go in the general scope of vacation possibilities, but even though, for instance, the, the week we would go away and the exact place we would go to would change almost every year, once we got where we were going, there were always some ritual things we managed to do and not by accident, right? I mean, once we were there, there was always at least one night, for instance, where there would be fresh corn in a pot and shrimp boiling in another, at least one episode of competitive mini golf with very accurate scorekeeping. And though we never did puzzles any other time of the year, for some reason, every time we were on holiday, there was a spare table found and dedicated to a puzzle that we somehow managed to have on hand. There were rituals, just as I actually have my own now. The daily nap is a ritual. <laughs> Going for ice cream every time the opportunity is presented, that is a ritual. I don't usually read novels, but I always do on holiday. A game of Scrabble and Bananagrams, at least once. Rituals, of course, are the ways we human beings have of anchoring ourselves fast to a, a way of being or a feeling, right? We do that so that we can milk that moment for the benefits we know it will offer. You get on your knees and you clasp your hands, perhaps, to signal a time for prayer, and that helps you get into that space more quickly. Or you open your diary or your journal to write your morning pages, and it drops you faster and anchors you in that place inside where you listen deeply for what needs to be articulated to yourself. So what do these rituals of holiday prepare us for? Abram Joshua Heschel, in his gorgeous book, The Sabbath, talks about how we human beings are so busy mastering space and mastering things and conquering and mastering nature and bending the world to our powers that we completely miss seeing the proper relationship to time in our lives. Except when we try to bend it to our will also. He writes, most of us seem to labor for the things of space while we suffer from 
a deeply rooted dread of time and stand aghast when compelled to look into its face. I don't know about you, but for me, summer holidays are about putting me smack in a different relationship with time. Time in a good summer holiday runs differently, no matter where I'm taking it. To do its work, that time has to be languid and slow and unhurried. And in all that languid and unhurried unfolding, it heals and regrounds me that holiday time. All that happens in the napping and the puzzle assembly and the shucking of corn at the back door. For me, for me, there is a lot of truth in that to what Meg shared with me recently, where she said, to do the integration of events in life and all that's happened to us in a period of time, like the last period of time of this pandemic, for instance, it can look a lot like doing nothing at all for a while. Integration requiring this stillness and languidness. For me, there is a joy and a relief, and I would say also a melancholy to such spacious and face-to-face -face moments and renewed relationship with time. I never think about my mortality as much as I do when I'm on holiday, a friend said to me recently when we were driving together while we did our yearly week together that we take in summer. And I knew exactly what she meant. On holidays, I think we let time catch up with us in a way and we sit in it. And it probably doesn't help that these moments when we sit with it, memories of summer's past come flooding back the way Louise Gluck's memories did. All those rituals, bringing back with them all the years and the people who have been part of them. Moments perfect and gone at the same time. More than just the quick relief of running away from normal life that vacations give, that idea gives, entering into holiday, this deeper relationship with time is about letting our feelings, letting our thoughts come and go, giving things time to bubble up and settle in. And there is a holy day quality to that way of being in relationship to time. It's the same sort of work I think we hope that our spiritual practices make space for in us and the time we carve out for those that I think we hope will happen in Sunday services that we, we make space for and time for in our lives. It's a hope for some kind of sorting and healing. Heschel, when he talks about the need to sanctify time, not running away from it or trying to master it or stuff 10 pounds of life into a five pound stretch of it. He also notes 
though, that what makes holy days holy is, is not that they ever deprecate or diminish the world of things that we find ourselves in. All things, according to the creation story in his tradition, they are declared good when they are created. And they're all there to be enjoyed. And this too, I think, this aspect of holy days feels really, really fitting for summer as the same time for such things. A time to go long on a love for the world and the things of it. Right? The whole season of summer, but certainly summer holidays, should be about things like ripe peaches and sand in our toes and fresh flowers on the table and people that we love. This is, after all, the season when life is in abundance. A friend told me that she thinks this year her zucchinis are growing by the hour. All this is not to say that the universe isn't promising or is promising that life won't have its time of scarcity. But right now, in this season, that it's offering itself generously and to be enjoyed and surrendering to all that gorgeous abundance is also healing and joyful. Heschel is arguing in his book for one day of the week that we make holy, that we bring to it all the things that make time sacred, attention and spaciousness and presence to time and delight in abundance of life and whatever gives us joy, whatever those things are at the moment, time for study or friends or laughter or rest, all of it. Summer to me sounds like the season that invites us to do that too. And it is vacations, but more so. The spirit of what I think are rightly called holidays that allow us to enter into the magic of this work. Holidays when we re-engage rituals that invite us into a different relationship with time and the world and each other, allow thoughts and feelings and memories and hopes to catch up with us. When we remember that we have a choice to leave but also clarify why it is we return, with what heart and intentions and spirit we will do so. So our job is to allow this season, despite all the constraints on it, even this year, place and a time carved out to delight and to rest and to knit ourselves back together before the school bell rings. That's what I've been thinking about lately remembering and reminding myself and all of us to make holiday hay while the sun shines. May it be so for us all and in our own way. Amen. Let's sing together as we close hymn number 1064, Blue Boat Home. <clears throat>
shine upon us. Out from within us be gracious unto us and grant us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Uh, we'd like to send you off with this song. Feel free to sing along as you feel it. It's called When There Is Music.
All is right in the world. All is right in the world when there is song. When there is rhythm. When there is rhythm. All is right in the world. When there is rhythm. When there is rhythm. All is well. When there is rhythm. All is right in the world. All is right in the world. When there is song. When there is melody. When there is melody, all is right. When there is melody, when there is melody, all is well. When there is melody, all is right in the world. All is right in the world. When there is song, when there is harmony, all is right in the world. When there is harmony, all is well. All is well. When there is harmony, all is right in the world. All is right in the world. When there is song, when there is music, all is right. In the world, when there is music, all is well. When there is music, all is right. In the world, all is right. In the world, when there is song, so sing it with me. All is right in the world when there is song. All is right in the world when there is song. Aloha.